Welcome to the Mindful Moments for Families and Schools podcast. This is Kelly Winkler, your host. If you are a parent or a teacher who would like to have a more peaceful, calm, and centered environment, then you are in the right place. In this podcast, we will learn to weave yoga and mindfulness into your daily routines to help both you and your children be able to regulate your emotions, feel connected, and be resilient. I'm excited to share these incredible tools with you, so let's get started. Welcome back to part three of our series, Yoga and Mindfulness Through the Ages. Today we'll be focusing on the school-age child, and joining me for that discussion is Alyssa Dinsmore. Alyssa found yoga as a need to find calmness within her work as a nurse practitioner. She decided to try individual and group meditation. These powerful tools organically brought her to the practice of yoga. After having children of her own and realizing the need for balance and more tools in her toolbox, she found Kidding Around Yoga. Kidding Around Yoga has allowed her to connect with her children in different ways and to do something that she loved with kiddos everywhere. Today, Alyssa and I dive into the benefits and giving some tips on working with the school age child. I hope you enjoy today's episode. And if you haven't listened to part one and part two of these series, I encourage you to go back to part one, which was the infant, toddler, and preschool stage. And part two was the tween and teen stage. Both episodes brought lots and lots of wonderful tips and insights about working with children during those developmental stages and how to utilize yoga and mindfulness to benefit the different age groups. So let's dive in with Alyssa to the school age group. Welcome, Alyssa. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. And I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us about you and your journey and your own yoga practice. Yeah, so I am a nurse practitioner when I am not teaching yoga. And that's actually what brought me to yoga. Um, I've been in healthcare almost 20 years. And as you can imagine, um, it's definitely mindfulness and yoga have been instrumental. I came first to meditation to help myself stay grounded. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, it helps so much that organically I, I then came to yoga and I don't know if that was maybe eight years ago and I did a lot of group meditation. And then as my second kiddo, um, was growing up, he's currently eight. Um, I decided to get into kids yoga cause things are always different with your second kiddo, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so the tricks from the first one did not work even remotely at the second one. So, um, when I initially took the kidding around yoga, my 
I knew someone that was having the training. And so I went and it was awesome. And it was a great new language to communicate with both my kiddos. And, and it was a lot of fun. And I mostly just did it with my kids and then sort of opened it up to, you know, dipping my toe into teaching in our local Jewish community here. And then it just grew a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. I love that. I love, I love hearing how people find a practice of yoga because it's always so different for everybody. And it's interesting, you, you know, that you found the meditation piece first and then, then slowly moved into, to the yoga piece. And, uh, I, I can identify too with, um, I, I found, uh, you know, teaching kids yoga because um, of my, an experience having my, my own daughter mm -hmm. struggling and finding yoga. And so, so that's really neat that you first just were practicing with your children. And then that nice, slow, organic build uh, is, is, is really a beautiful story. Oh, thanks. So if somebody is looking, they're listening and they're just getting interested in yoga and mindfulness, obviously, if they're listening to the podcast, they their their interest is peaked uh, about what this is. What's your recommendation for the adults listening about starting a practice? Now, you started, you know, with meditation, but what would be a, a tip you might give for somebody just opening up to yoga and mindfulness? Well, I think, you know, maybe you come back to the why, you know, is it, are you wanting to get closer? Are you wanting to sort of learn a little bit about this mindfulness piece? Is it that piece that you're really sort of focusing on? Um, or is it that you want to have a physical connection with your kid? Um, because I think that that can help drive kind of almost where you go, but as a basic, um, way to start in terms of mindfulness, I think, you know, you can go out, especially now, at least for us, I'm in Ohio, it's really getting beautiful out here. Um, as you go for your hikes, you know, um, you can do, uh, a, a, you can do mindfulness either through, uh, walking meditation or just, using mindfulness. And when I say that, as opposed to just like blabbering <laughs> for lack mm -hmm. of a better word the entire time or letting your kiddos go off as they do, um, <laughs> you know, just stop and listen. And what are a couple words that you could say or your kiddo could say? Do you hear the brook? Do you hear a, with the water? Do you hear whatever leaves or do you hear the birds now a lot? That's what I've been focusing on with spring, right? Mm -hmm. We've been hearing all the different types of chirps and sounds that the birds are making. And then focus there, you know, and maybe just spend however long your kid can spend, if that's 30 seconds, a minute, you know, mm -hmm. just going to focus on the one sound and block all the other things out and talk about how are you going to do that? How do you block that other stuff out? You don't necessarily need to block it, right? You just want to try and maintain a focus. And if it wanders off into some other sound, try and bring it back to the bird chirping 
whatever it is. I know one time with my kids, we were walking in the neighborhood and we were focusing on the garbage truck. <laughs> <laughs> that was our sound. Yeah. So. I love that tip. I mean, the first tip also is is great about thinking about your intention behind why why are you um, coming to to this practice? What's what's the intention behind it? Like you said, is it to form a deeper connection with your child, or is it um, you know to to help relieve some stress or anxiety or whatever that might be? Just really being mindful of what your intention is intention is right. in coming to the practice is really a great place to start because there are so many options. And I love the the idea of getting out in nature with our kids and um, just tuning into our senses. That's usually a really um, easy way for people to start a mindfulness practice because we all know how to, how to focus on our senses. And so to guide your kids through that is, is a really um, nice way to, to enter into the practice. I know I do that too, a lot with my kids, even, even driving in the car. Um, you know, just the other day, my, my 11 year old was going to try out for a new soccer team. So he was pretty anxious on the car ride there. And we just started doing that, just tuning in to different colors we could see. And, um, you know, I just was kind of guiding him to use all of his senses while we we're in the car and really helped him to, to sort of center himself and, and, and calm down using that mindfulness right. practice. So, so I love that. Oh, that's good. I'm glad it could help him. But I think also too, you kind of can't do it wrong. You know, if you think that, you know, you need, maybe as you get more into it, you know, and you kind of want to build, but I think, you know, if, if, if the sound is something that works, then the other thing, one of the first things I did, even probably before I did kidding around yoga was we've always had dogs and mm -hmm. I just, I love, yeah. And so the way they sniff, right. The, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and sort of, you know, and that's one of the breaths that we use bunny breath, but I call it doggy breath. Sometimes you just do some little like, you know, inhale through your nose, like a cup, like three or four. And then you can exhale big through your mouth or through your nose and do that a couple times and just you're forced your kiddo and yourself to really focus completely on what that action is. Yeah. Just really that, that, like you said, the focus and that bringing that attention to, to one specific thing, mm -hmm. no matter, no matter really what it is, whether it's that breath or the, the sounds or whatever it is. Um, that's a, that's a great place to, to begin. And, and I agree, you can't do it wrong. If you're, if you're getting into that present moment, especially with your kid, you, you, you can't do it wrong. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's what it comes down to is just being there in that moment with your child and, and focusing in. So that's great. Now, do you, you already mentioned that your, your son is eight and do you still practice uh, a lot at home with, with your children? Well, I do sometimes not a ton, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, with uh, the quarantine, we 
switch schools so they could be in person. Mm. So our schedules have changed a lot and working in healthcare since testing and vaccinations, my schedule is all over the place. So we'll usually have a couple minutes of more mindfulness slash meditation type. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movement will come randomly during our day. Truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I practice at home with my kids too. It's not, um, you know, my, my youngest is six and my oldest is almost, she'll be 17 next week. And so there's a wide variety of, of how I, uh, practice with each of them. But sometimes my, my youngest, um, will still do classes with me when I'm, when I'm leading classes, but oftentimes it's really just throughout our day. I'm, I'm, you know, sneaking it in there and, right. and, and, you know, doing it along, along our, our way, just like I explained, you know, the car rides and, and, and the bedtime, uh, routines and, and all of that kind of thing. It's, I, I, I think that that is almost more impactful than saying like, okay, we're going to take 20 minutes aside and, you know, practice, you know, some yoga. I think, um, if you're weaving it into your day, um, it can be more impactful because you're, you're exposing them to it a lot more throughout the routine than just setting aside this time. Yeah. I think that, I appreciate you saying that because with my older one, he is in fifth grade. He is 10. And in the beginning, when I was first teaching kids yoga, he was really interested. But then as he's now more tween, as he self-identified, mm. <laughs> um, he's just kind of too cool for school. Mm-hmm. So my eight-year-old will teach with me still in class. And... um Johnny Moore is about the mindfulness and doing the um, peace begins with me. Yeah, He's used that a ton and I love it because peace begins with me, as you well know, but uh, mm-hmm. for folks, you're touching your finger, um, your thumb to each finger, the pad of your of your thumb to each pad of each finger and peace begins with me. And so you get that tactile sensation and then you have the focus on uh, what we call a mantra. And I think for him, I've seen him when at different times he's got his hands in his pockets and um, or one time he had to do this little speech thing in front of the whole school and he had his hands behind his back and he was doing it and I love it I know I couldn't believe in other really unbelievable moments that I was like oh my goodness this really has been impactful for you and and I love it because it then is impactful even more so on me and he'll remind me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. That happens in, in my house too. And, and I love when they just, they're able to just pull that tool out and the perfect time when they need it. I, I worked with my, uh, I also have a fifth grader and I worked with his soccer team and uh, we were at a game one time and one of his teammates was um, sitting on the the side of the field and I could see his fingers tapping and he was doing peace begins with me. And I was like, 
oh my goodness. Like I was so excited and I just had worked with them for maybe a six week period during the summer when they were, um, they weren't really practicing was last summer because of COVID they weren't practicing as a team. So we were doing this as a, um, way to get the team together. They could be socially distanced, stay on their mat in my backyard. And so then in the fall, when, when we came, came time for games and I saw him doing it, I was, I was just so thrilled because they're 10 and 11 years old, same age. And, um, for them to, to have that skill now is, is so great because they can, they can always have it right. now. They have that meditation practice now that they can call on, you know, during the times when they need it. It's like, it's, makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I have seen it like in, when my, um, when my stepfather passed away a couple of years ago, um, I think it was right after early on in the funeral or whatever, my older son, he sat down It was after, you know, very intense moments and we just locked eyes and he started it doing Ugh. he begins with me. And it was, I think that moment for me was the most impactful moment that I will never forget in my life. Oh my goodness. I have chills. That yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. That's it right there. Yeah. So I, I love it. Thank you. I think that, um, yeah, I think yoga, the practice piece is so very important, but I love that. And I love that the meditation mindfulness piece has really kind of percolated to the top, uh, for Mm -hmm. my kids and I, even though I love yoga more than anything and need to move my body in between, you know, connecting flights on planes and all this, Mm. uh, which we just did for the first time. And I don't even know how, Oh, wow. (laughs) And used yoga in that way (laughs) both times, but love it. But I think, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the wonderful thing. I think about yoga. There's the, there's the movement, the, the asana, the poses, and that's just one, one piece of yoga. There's just so much, so many choices of, you know, how you want to practice, whether it be breath work or meditation or mindfulness, there's, there's so many options to choose from that everybody can find something that speaks to them when within a yoga practice. So, so that's the the beautiful thing about yoga and it may change, like you said, like different times, you need different pieces of the practice. Yeah. So yeah, that's really important to know that it doesn't have to look the same all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, sorry, just um, one last thing for my younger kid. And I feel like I've seen this a lot in my practice as a healthcare provider, there's a lot more sensory issues um, with younger kids and depending on where the deprivation is or where the need is, um, literally the tactile sensation and whatever it is, you know, if a kid will just want to rub against like with their fingers, their pads, like some specific, I don't know, kind of texture yeah. you for the word that was Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some sort of texture or something like fluffy, furry, or really, really soft, you know, um, that's all yes. mindfulness. Yeah, well. absolutely. I know my, my six-year-old um, daughter has struggles with some sensory issues, um, especially with getting dressed and um, clothing, uh, you know, 
certain feelings of different clothing. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, so a lot of times we do some mindfulness practices um, with, you know, squeezing and, um, you know, touching her, her skin before she's going to put on her clothes almost to, you know, get her ready and, you know, some deep breaths and, and all of that. And it's really, really helpful when, when there's um, struggles with, with sensory issues using these mindfulness practices yeah. can be really a great tool for those, for those kids who struggle with that because it's, it's really is hard for them. It is, it is. And I think that the focus on just the one thing is kind of the bedrock for getting over whatever the issue is, right? Whether it's a tag or the feeling of, you know, the certain fabric or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and also too being able to help them to sit through that discomfort, you know, and, and sort of like, you know, a lot of times I talk about that with her, like if we can just breathe through the discomfort for a few minutes, you know, I promise it's going to get less and less and less, um, as you know, as you can sort of, you know, meet the discomfort where it is, recognize it and then, you know, sit with it and, and breathe through it. And, and it's really, really been helpful for her. So we've already kind of been diving into some of the benefits, but, um, for specifically for this age group, this school age kids, what do you think are, are, you know, some of the reasons why this is, this is so beneficial for this age group specifically? Well, yeah, I think it's, you know, now that we're transitioning back to school and especially even more so with virtual, you know, we're really requiring so much of our kiddos and so much of what we we require from them requires screen time. Um, And I think that, you know, they're cool and I think that getting back to just having fun, being in your body <laughs> with you mm. is so important, you know, and I think, you know, using yoga games or any sort of yoga type of practice is just so helpful, you know, because I think that kiddos today are, they're working so hard, you know, um, there's subjects that you know, I didn't have growing up, I think I had typing, but not tech, you know, Mm, Yeah, everything that you have to know now just to be um, fluent in society today, you know? Yeah. And I think a a lot of a lot of extra stimulation they have too with the screen time and with they're just inundated. uh, I think now, more than ever with this constant, um, stimulation and constant, uh, quickness of the way that things happen and everything is immediate. And, um, it's, I think, you know, like I talk about all the time with my kids, like, you know, I used to have to watch commercials, (laughs) you know, and they don't, they don't know that anymore. They don't, they don't, uh, they, they don't have to wait very often for things. Everything is so immediate and, you know, you type something in and boom, there's your answer. And so I think, uh, teaching them to sit in stillness and, and find that, that quiet time and that patience, um, is, is a really important piece now that, uh, we don't naturally 
find them learning these days because everything is just so at their fingertips and, you know, just so immediate and constant. So I think that's, that's one thing. And, and with the transitioning back uh, to school, I think it's going to be really important for this age group. I think a lot of kids are going to have a hard time with this transition from being, you know, home most of the time, maybe they were hybrid, maybe they were fully virtual and now they have to transition to going back to in school. And I think that's going to bring up a lot of um, anxiety and stress for, for kids, this age group. And um, I think these mindfulness practices can really help support, them through that through that time yeah I think yes during this time that they've been sort of really separate you know what are the new coping mechanisms that they have right Mm -hmm. kind of like rely on not that we would want them to undo them unless they're harmful or whatever but I think you know using mindfulness yoga meditation wherever and whenever they can and I think even I think one time at my kid's school, they filled their bucket, so to say, you know, um, from listening and doing all the things they were supposed to do. And so, you know, we did a class and so it was just a one and done type thing. But I think the same thing applies that they then had a bunch of different tools uh, to use and, you know, they had fun in a different way mm-hmm. and they yeah. From like organized sports or playing video games, uh, which obviously, yeah, <laughs> has right. That. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, and I think too, um, talking about you know, yoga in schools, uh, I think it can be really impactful because um, they really you can really reach the most children that way, you know, and it's great having. Um, yoga classes, uh, you know, in yoga studios or after school programs or wherever, you know, you can get a group together. Uh, but, but having access to these tools in a school, I think is really impactful because, you know, you're, you're reaching so many more students. And I know that schools now have this, a big push towards social emotional learning and encouraging um, kindness. Right. And, and, and I see all of these, these things I know in my kids school, they have a, they have a, um, you know, bulletin boards and with kindness and they can earn, earn things by being kind to, to other kids. And, right. and I think yoga and mindfulness is really the base of that because I think we have to teach our kids to first, uh, have compassion for themselves and understand their own emotions before they can have empathy and compassion for others, other, other kids, emotions or other people's emotions, because if they don't understand and recognize their own emotions, then they can't identify with, with what the other person might be feeling. So I think it's a really strong foundation, um, that at this age group, we're really, we really need to pay attention to, to, to teach these kids to, to be mindful of their own feelings and what they're experiencing and listen to their body. Right. And, yeah, you know, I think that's a great point because I think especially at this age is when, I don't know how to say it, but I think, you know, you get those, we always call them frequent flyers that come in for, you know, tummy aches, right? Yes. Yes 
anxious or they're not comfortable going to the bathroom at school or whatever the tummy issue may be, you know, and trying to sort of connect the dots with their stomach pain, with what they're experiencing. If, you know, you do a workup for the, you know, the parent's request or whatever, and everything is negative, right? And is it that, you know, there's just anxiety around working with a different teacher or working with a different kid or whatever the issue may be, you know, and recognizing what that is. And then within yourself, not even relying on anybody else, what can you do? Whether if it's just sitting and breathing through it or Mm -hmm. using the finger mantra or maybe even asking for some sort of help, whatever, you know, the kid could get in that moment. Um, I think it's important when I, I don't know, something you said, it made me think I've um, gotten the opportunity to do a lot of work in Title I schools. And a lot of the kids are very familiar with, oh, tree pose and sitting, you know, the, you know, what typically looks like a meditation pose. Um, and as I was introducing games, and this was in, I guess, like third, fourth, fifth graders, um, their competition sort of really got intense. So mm. I automatically stopped and went back to the hand meditation mantra of peace begins with me to recenter and refocus. And we ended up in that particular class and with this group of kiddos, that was the main thing <laughs> to sort of recenter and focus and really to meditate lying in a peaceful garden or um, meditation was not so effective for them. So um, yeah, I think the competition piece can be, I think that's what triggered me. Yes. Yeah, that's true because, and, and it's at that age, I feel like school age, right? They're they're starting school. They're starting to notice really, I think in the, the earlier years, the preschool and toddler age, uh, they're really self, um, you know, focused on their selves. Right. And then they get to school and they start seeing their friends and who can do this and who's reading and who's better at math and who's better at sports. And, and that's, um, that can be really tough and really hard for kids to find their, you know, their own inner strength and, and notice what they're good at instead of measuring themselves up against everybody else. And, and I think that, that using those mantras and really getting them to, um, you know, sort of go inward a little bit and, um, you know, help them through all of that is, is really an an important time for that, you know, for them to be able to sort of, you know, censor themselves and, and be okay if, you know, they, they make a mistake and all of those things, because, you know, just getting started in school, that's, that's what it's, what's all, what it's all about. They're getting in there and they're just learning and they're going to make a lot of mistakes and there's going to be some discomfort and maybe they're not going to be the best at all of the things. And, you know, using, using the meditation and the breath work to, to help again, through that discomfort is really, uh, a powerful tool for them. Right. Yeah. And I think with that too, is that it can just be used even when you're not like in 
just to sort of keep you going like a, a maintenance thing. And that's, it's a little bit harder, um, dot to connect with them, (laughs) but yes. Yeah. That's why I love the, the method of just weaving it into your day, because I think that that constant use of the tools, first of all, you get that memory, that muscle memory, right. And you're, you know, you're, you naturally start using the tools without even realizing you naturally start taking those nice big belly breaths, um, without even having to really pay too much attention to it. Uh, I, I really like that part of it because you're constantly regulating that nervous system without even, you know, realizing without having to like take aside a as time like, oh, I'm starting to feel anxious or I'm starting to feel angry or whatever that is. I need to take a few deep breaths. I think like the more you practice it within your routine, the more the kids are going to naturally just do it. Yeah, though I have to say the grass is always greener. I am jealous of people who can set aside that time, you know, with their kids to yes. do the 20 minutes or whatever. But I think I'm probably, I want to do my own. And like, I've had them many times just sort of like jump in on my practice. Um, oh, absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> So I guess that kind of counts, but I'm not, yeah, I want to have, it's just, there's so much competing, so many competing things now that people are home a lot more, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, and we're opening up, I think a little bit, obviously too now, which is good. And hopefully we continue. (laughs) Yes. Hopefully we keep moving in the right direction (laughs) for sure. Well, what, what do you think is your top tip for parents or teachers who have children at, in this age group of, of school age kids on how to introduce yoga and mindfulness? What would be your first tip for them? Well, that's a great question. I think, you know, kiddos at this age, they're like sponges, you know, and most of them love to learn and and become master or expert at something. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think the best way is, I mean, weaving it into every day is it can be maybe challenging to some folks, but I think start with the basics, you know, focus in on, um, one sensory thing, whether it be sounds or your own breath, because you always have your breath. And, you know, you could just do that or maybe you pick a pose or two. You look on YouTube or you get a deck of yoga cards and you guys just play and have fun, you know. But I think what you said earlier was, you know, or what I was saying and you leaned on um, the intention. Are you trying to spend more time with your kiddo? Are you trying to bond over meditating, learn a new skill together? And once you kind of figure out what that part is or what, what you need to do, um, start very small and build, you know, and I think you'll both get hungrier and hungrier to learn and do different things. I love that. That's a great tip. Start small, bite-sized pieces, pick one thing, pick one thing. That's a great tip. Start with one and build from there. That's because it can be overwhelming because there's so many, there's so many options out there. And if you just Google yoga and mindfulness with kids, you you know, so many things will pop up and it, and it can be a bit overwhelming. So yeah, pick one thing. That's a great, that's a great, great tip. Well, I always like to ask my guests for a favorite 
teaching moment? Do you have a favorite yoga teaching moment? Well, I kind of let one, it wasn't necessarily teach. I mean, it was with my own kid. Yeah. Those were great, great stories. Um, But I think in the classroom would probably be um, uh, during a family class. Um, I, like, I think I kind of see it many times when teaching families is just during uh, the peaceful garden uh, when at the end of class, when um, folks are laying in stillness and meditation and moms, dads, and kiddos are just laying there and usually snuggled up or holding hands. I feel like that's, that's kind of the why, right? Yeah. Together. And maybe now like, people are like, well, I don't know if I need all the togetherness, but <laughs> it's still, it's very sweet. And it always makes my heart burst when I, when I see it. Oh, I love that too. That's a, it's such a, it's such a beautiful visual because connection is just so, so important for us, for just as human beings, but for our kids to feel connected to their parents, to their family, to their friends, um, especially as we're coming out of, out of this pandemic. And um, even though we've been with our families, some of us for a year uh, or more and not really with too many other people, I still think that, you know, that being in the house with, with our family sometimes for this length of time sometimes can, you know, be, be frustrating and we can be sort of getting on each other's nerves. And, and so coming back to that deep connection um, is, is really key because being in close proximity doesn't necessarily mean you're connected. Right. right? And so having that special meditation time together and being intentional about your time together is, is really beautiful. And that's, that's what, you know, that's what you want as a, as a parent for your, for your kid to feel connected to you, no matter really what their age is right across, across all yes, ages. Definitely. Well, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Anything that you offers that you have or classes that you have going on? And then let us know where our listeners can connect with you. Um, one thing, I just got this book um, and I thought I would just, it's a sensory yoga for kids, therapeutic movement Ooh. for children of all abilities. And it's by a pediatric occupational therapist, Britt Collins. B-R-I-T-T-C-O-L-L-I-N-S. I have not really looked, had a chance to look at it yet, but it looks awesome um, as we all kind of figure out the sensory stuff. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have to definitely look into getting that one. That sounds amazing. And like I said, my, have, my daughter struggles with sensory, so that seems like it would be really, really helpful. So thank you for sharing that. I'll even look that up and I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then um, I'm doing most of my class, most of my stuff now is virtual and I just do cl- kind of closed classes, not open just to groups mm-hmm. lately, just because my work schedule has been um, a little crazy with the vaccine rollout and stuff. But 
I'm hoping to, especially now that it's getting nice where I am to, to do a little bit more. So, but my kidding around yoga website is where you can find me or awesome. kidding around yoga with Alyssa. All right. And I will, I'll link both of those places in the show notes so people can click over and connect with you. And I also just wanted to take a moment to thank you as a healthcare worker for all that you have done and all of your hard work during this really challenging time. So thank you for your service there. And thank you for taking it even further and taking yoga and mindfulness out into the world and, and getting it to children. Uh, you know, I, we, I appreciate you. Thanks. And I, you as well. I know you are definitely getting it out there and I appreciate it. Then thank you for having me. This is really wonderful. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. It was really great talking with you. Let's stay in touch for sure. That was a great conversation with Alyssa. Here are some takeaways. One, nature is a great place to find mindfulness. Two, sounds are a good place to help teach focus. Three, think about your intention for your practice. That can help you choose where to begin. Four, you can't do mindfulness wrong. If you are tuned in, you're being mindful. Five, mindfulness can help with sensory struggles. Six, yoga helps our kids to get into their body. Seven, using mindfulness can help teach kids to sit in stillness and find patience. Eight, yoga and mindfulness helps teach compassion and kindness. Nine, school-age kids are at a great age where they can really begin to start to connect the dots of how their body feels and their emotions. And 10, school-age kids start noticing differences between themselves and their peers. Meditation and mantras are a great tool to help. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and this entire series where we discussed yoga and mindfulness through the different ages. I will be back next Monday with a Mindful Monday episode. In the meantime, remember, take a deep breath. Thank you for joining me on my mission to spread peace and joy by introducing children and families to the power of yoga and mindfulness. I could not achieve this goal without all of you listening and trying these tips with the kids in your life. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please subscribe and leave me a review. If you would also suggest this podcast to parents and teachers, I would be so grateful. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mindful Moments for Families and on Facebook at Kidding Around Yoga with Kelly. For more information on my offered programs, such as yoga classes for children and adults, workshops and professional development, and corporate chair yoga, visit my website at kiddingaroundyoga.com backslash Kelly. I'll see you all here on our next episode. But in the meantime, remember, take a deep breath.